Hello, it's Sarah here, and welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast. This is a podcast for healers and leaders, the potent priestesses, witches, activists, and Aquarians of the world who are here to contribute to the liberation of people and the healing of our planet. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an archaeologist turned author, priestess, healer, inner alchemy witch, business strategist, and regenerative guide. I'm here to help you heal from stress and hustle, bring forth your most potent medicine into the world, and increase your capacity to receive everything you need to flourish and thrive. Because your expansion is a gift to the world. I'm so glad to welcome you here, and I'm excited to dive into today's episode. Hey loves, welcome back to the podcast. So we've had a series of mini dose episodes in that time I got married, whoop whoop. Um, And I'm truly excited to be recording more in-depth and juicy episodes for you. It's currently raining outside. I am here in my bedroom, in my dressing gown, feeling all nice and cozy and very excited to record this. And I'm feeling very relaxed as well. And I'm really, really excited for this episode, which is actually part of a uh, three-part series. So part one, this episode is called The Inner Work That Actually Works. And part two, which will be dropping next week, is called Business and Life Strategies That Actually Work. And part three, which will also drop next week, will be explaining more about how I personally work with my clients. um, And I'll be sharing with you in-depth details of my new coven, although I'll be talking about that in a moment as well. So a little bit more context for this podcast series. My intention for these episodes is to really just help you cut through the crap that is out there. We all want to know that what we're investing in with our time, with our energy, with our money is going to work for us, right? So if we start a new self-development practice, we want to know that it's going to work for us. Or if we implement a new business strategy, You know, what helps us keep going is knowing that eventually it's going to bear fruit. Um, But what I see going on out there is that there is this collective tendency for people to gravitate towards tactics versus principles and modalities versus overall approaches. What I mean by that is, um, let's be honest, we really want people to kind of give us the answers. One of the reasons you're listening to this podcast episode is because of the title, the you know, the inner work that actually works. Like you want to know that something's going to work and that that's valid. That is completely valid. However, the reason why this gravitating towards tactics and modalities versus principles and approaches is potentially problematic is because we're all fucking different, right? So the exact method that worked for me or for you or for one person may not work for another. Tactics and modalities, these are methods, right? So they're quite rigid. There's not a lot of room for personalization. And it's more about the method than meeting someone where they're actually at, right? And that's why they they work for a small group of people, but not everyone. Whereas with principles and approaches, there are universal truths and patterns embedded within them. And there's a lot more room for customization. 
And I know this probably sounds like semantics, but words are important, right? So this concept, these concepts are really, I think really set up what I'm doing in these episodes. So it's this meeting yourself where you're at, this contextualization, and then working with the way you're put together, your instincts, your impulses, your aptitudes, not working against them because someone has given you a cookie cutter step-by-step tactic or modality. That's what works. <clears throat> so in this three-part series, I'm sharing with you principles and approaches around healing, growing your business, getting your life together, whatever project it is you want to grow, that will eventually work, that will eventually pay off. And my intention is to just give you some fucking hope, right? Because you deserve your work to pay off. You deserve that whatever you put your energy into, it's going to bear fruit for you eventually, right? And whether that's devotion to your healing, to coming back into your wholeness, or devotion to your craft, or your business, or your career, or a project. So that's where we're going in this series. Exciting! Um, But before we get going into today's part one episode, talking about the inner work that actually works, so that you don't waste your time doing inner work that's not as effective as it could be, I am very excited to share that this three-part series has actually been created in deep, deep devotion and celebration. And that celebration is that I finally opened up the Flourish and Thrive Coven and we are now receiving applications. So what is the Flourish and Thrive Coven? It is a five-month hybrid personalized one-on-one deep dive journey and intimate group experience. It is meticulously designed, personalized in fact, to meet you where you're at and help you heal old patterns, embody your truest medicine, bring forth your most potent work, amplify your leadership and expand your capacity to thrive in life and business through bringing you through tried and tested approaches. So I will be sharing much more about the coven in detail in part three, where I'm going to be sharing behind the scenes of how I work with clients to facilitate magic-like results. And I'll be using the coven as kind of like a context to explain how I work, why I work this way, etc., etc. But I will just leave you with this about the coven for now, because I do want to plant the seed. The coven might be the right place for you if you are feeling a pivot coming on, whether that's wanting to change your offers, change your income bracket, change your fucking business. It's for you if you've realized that the way you've been working up until now may not be sustainable long-term and you want 2023 to be a year of huge personal healing and growth. So that might include healing the way that you work, earning more or managing your money better, enjoying more, living more, It is a place for you if you want to experience more business growth, but in an aligned, socially responsible, nourishing, spacious, creative, sustainable, regenerative, and supported way. And it's for you if you want to be surrounded by and cheered on by a very small, very intimate group of fellow big-hearted, conscious, intentional, smart, and capable priestess witchy types. So... You can find out more about the Flourish and Thrive Coven at 
drsarahcoxon.com forward slash coven or you can click the link in the show show notes. You'll find out everything there is to know on that page and you can pop in your details and get the application form. Now, here's the thing. This is not fake scarcity. This is just reality. There will only be six spots available. I actually think that one has already been signed up as I'm recording this. I know. I gave I gave the page to some people behind the scenes. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I, I honestly don't know how long it will take to fill them. In my ideal world, I'm like, yeah, they're going to get snapped up. Woo! But it might not, like, it, I don't know. It might not work that way. I know that they will fill because I'm so incoherent with this offer and I know that it's a no-brainer, really. The type of work we do, what we focus on. Um, however, I don't know when they will. But if you're thinking, holy shit, this sounds like exactly the kind of support I'm looking for in 2023, then I just invite you to maybe check it out now and maybe get the application form now and maybe fill the application form now because um, it just means that if there is a rush, like you don't lose out. I'm not trying to create FOMO here. I'm just being fucking honest. So you can visit drsarahcoxon.com forward slash coven click the link in the show notes and you can find out the details and grab the application and i'm very very excited to share more details with you because oh it's gonna be so good all right so back to our episode i'm sharing with you all about the inner work that actually works and when i'm talking about inner work what i'm referring to is the work that heals limiting patterns of thinking and behaving So there are three parts to this episode. The first is actually exploring the concept of patterns in the first place and how they contribute to your experiences of life and or business. And the second is exploring why embodiment is important, what it is, and more importantly, what it isn't. Because, and I may trigger, (laughs) trigger warning, um, it is not half naked chicks in underwear dancing on social media embodiment is so much more than that really and the third part of this episode is sharing with you a tried and tested framework that will help you heal limiting patterns this is the framework that i take my clients through and it's a framework that works so some context so we're talking a lot about embodiment in this episode and i like I think it's important for you to understand where I'm coming from, understand my background, because my background, my experience is, of course, informing how I see things, how I approach it. So I've trained in and worked with embodiment practices for, yeah, over a decade now. And it started with yoga and breath work and then moved to conscious dance and then um, moved to archetype embodiment. And, you know, embodiment has always been there. It's woven into the fabric of my work and it has been woven into the fabric of my work since the beginning. You know, even the priestess work, like the priestess, that is, um, yeah, that's an example of embodiment of a certain type of archetypal blueprint of consciousness. Anyway, I'm digressing. So it's always been there, but I perhaps didn't realize it I didn't perhaps I didn't really realize that embodiment really is the thing maybe it was just one of the strings 
to my work and now I realize like oh embodiment like this is the core thing so now I'm in the process of training in something called integrative somatic trauma healing and I am it's been interesting going through this training because I realize that there's a lot of it that I kind of already know or already intuitively use with clients or already consciously choose with clients and use with clients. Um, but I, what I feel like this training is now doing is it's filling in some of the gaps for me. I graduate at the end of the year just before the coven kicks off, which is perfect. And I chose this particular training because it is integrative. And that means that we're trained in a whole range of somatic practices and trauma resolution tools, but under a single unified and integrated framework. And this means that I'm seeing clearer where these modalities intersect and the overall approach to take. Um, and that works really, really well for me because I've always been a bigger picture kind of gal. It was the same when I was an archaeologist. It's the same now, which basically means that I always like to see and understand what are the bigger patterns at play. And this is why the principles versus tactics and approaches versus modalities are and have been woven into how I work with clients since the beginning. So this brings me to the idea of patterns and how identifying them and transforming them really is the key to creating sustainable change. Patterns are a phenomenon of nature. We see the same patterns everywhere. Spirals, waves, uh, cycles, you know, these are just some ideas of patterns. There are loads more. Um, and in permaculture design, so if you're not familiar with permaculture design, it's a regenerative design principles that can be used to regenerate land, gardens, um, gardens are land, Sarah, but, and, but also institutions, organizations. Um, it's a very intentional design process. And in permaculture design, we always design from pattern to detail. So this means that we have to understand the pattern in order to design the route to change. And it is the exact same with our healing. We have to understand our patterns. So behavioral patterns are a recurrent way of acting. You're probably familiar with the idea of habits, right? So patterns are indeed partially habits. There's a tendency towards a certain way of doing things. But patterns also include our emotional reactions to situations and the responses, the automatic responses of our nervous systems. You can listen to episode four in season two of the Rise Priestess podcast to learn more about various responses of the nervous system. I go quite in depth in that one. And additionally, patterns include our ways of thinking and making meaning, what we make situations mean. So our patterns shape who we are and who we are, our identity, partially shapes our destiny. Now I say partially very intentionally because external factors such as our environment, situations, systems, they also contribute to our life outcomes. We live in systems, 
systems shape our lives just as much as we shape the system. So in order to heal, we have to understand ourselves as an accumulation of patterned practices. These practices are mostly unconscious to to us. We have been doing them for so long that we no longer have to think about them. And most of our practices are inherited through our families, our communities, our social systems. So when it comes to healing, we must understand what we are practicing, what these patterns are, and more importantly, whether they are in coherence or in alignment with what we care about and what we truly want for ourselves and for others. And then we make steps to change our patterns, to align better with who we want to be and what we want to experience and the kind of world that we want to live in. And this is where embodiment comes in. In my experience, oh, we cannot heal our wounds and change our limiting patterns without focusing on our embodiment, what we are consistently practicing and who we are. So like I said before, (laughs) you might already have an idea about what embodiment is from coaches and influencers on the Instagram, who on the Instagram, who dance for their audience and call it embodiment. And maybe you are one of them and that's okay. (laughs) That's really okay. And there's nothing wrong with this. And dancing, yes, can bring us into a, a sense of embodiment, a sense of felt sense presence. Yes, 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 I do it. I don't really document it on Instagram anymore, but I do it. But that isn't only what embodiment is. To truly understand embodiment, we have to first understand somatics. What is somatics? And I just want to preface this with a lot of what I'm sharing here has been very influenced by the author, researcher, practitioner, facilitator, Stacey Haynes. She wrote The Politics of Trauma, amazing book. So I just want to name her as a big influence for how I'm understanding things here. So let's get back to somatics. Somatics is a conscious and intentional process by which we embody transformation, individually and also importantly, collectively. The word somatic comes from the Greek word soma and probably most of us think of if we are in this world right now we think of somatics as like oh it's body-based and anything that is body-based is described as somatic but I have learned that it is actually so much more than that so Stacey Haynes in the politics of trauma writes Somatic is the best word we have in English to understand human beings as integrated mind, body, spirit, and social relational beings. In somatic speak, we call this embodiment shape. One's shape is one's current embodiment of beliefs, resilience, and survival strategies, habits, and actions. So what Stacy is speaking to here is a way of being. An embodiment-based healing shifts us from our current way of being to a new desired way of being. So perhaps you're listening to this and thinking, great, 
That's clear. Love it. But how? Like, how do I shift from one way of being to another? And to that, I would say, very, very smart question. (laughs) What is the process that heals all patterns and brings us into a way of being that is in greater coherence, alignment with what we care about, what we desire? And that's the question that somatic embodiment actually answers. So there is this proven, tried and tested three-part embodiment process that helps us heal our limiting patterns so that we can thrive. And they are somatic awareness, being aware of what's going on. Somatic practices, what are we practicing through the body and within the body? And somatic resolution, which means digesting unfinished business that is stuck in the body. So please note that this is not a linear three-step process. It's it's not linear. So there isn't like this like hierarchy. First you do this, then you do that. They kind of work together, or at least that's how I experience it and teach it. So let's first explore somatic awareness. This speaks to being able to sense what is happening in our system, within our system, outside of our system and essentially it's our ability to be present and attuned with what is and our felt sense and there's a reason why this is so so important because if we are not aware then we will continue to react to what life brings our way in unconscious and habitual ways that actually bring us further away from what we want and what we care about This probably isn't a new idea to you, but it's really important to reiterate. So often when we're in the throes of an automatic reaction, what we're reacting to is not, uh, is actually not being able to tolerate what is happening in our own body, our sensations, emotions, and experience. That's what we're trying to get away from. So we react to get rid of the feeling to push away the sensations because they are associated in our system with something that is intolerable, painful, and uncomfortable. So increasing our ability to allow for sensations and emotions gives us much more choice in the moment and works to decrease our reactivity. There is, and I've said this for years now with my clients, there is a difference between reacting and responding. Reaction is automatic and unconscious. Responding is intentional and conscious. When we respond versus react, we are improving our decision-making processes and we're also building our resilience. I speak about resilience, I'm bringing resilience in here and I will talk about this more, I think, later on. But if we want to do anything meaningful in our lives, we have to build resilience. This is, in trauma speak, this is called like window of tolerance, range of resilience. Um, It's our ability to be with and to notice and to stay when things feel uncomfortable in a way that is tolerable and doesn't flood us. There is no other way. And the foundation to building our resilience our ability to be with 
and process and alchemize and grow, it is awareness. Awareness is, is, is absolutely essential in the process of nervous system regulation. And it's interesting, I did a, a reel on Instagram on this the other day and you, you loved it. But I always believed that having a regulated nervous system meant feeling calm. Like that was the link in my mind. But that is absolutely not true. Lisa Dion, founder of Synergetic Play Therapy, teaches that having a regu regulated nervous system is really less about being calm and more about having the capacity to be with what is occurring. So, for example, you're anxious about, well, let's say, an interaction with a client. And you can still feel anxious and be regulated in your nervous system. It's the awareness of the felt sense of the anxiety that brings or signals the regulation. So regulation is not about being calm. It's about being connected to our inner experience. So if we want to heal, we cannot skip awareness. And if we want to facilitate healing, we cannot skip the cultivation, the continued cultivation of our own awareness of what is going in on inside of us and also externally. And I have met many clients who are yoga teachers or breathwork facilitators, uh, facilitators, facilitators or coaches. And so you think, okay, they must have a certain level of awareness. That's true for some, for sure. But for some, it's not true. Like they've been practicing yoga for years and they don't necessarily have that felt sense awareness you can go through the motions of yoga and breath work without actually ever cultivating a deeper awareness so awareness has to be cultivated and the absolute best that we can hope for is that we can be aware when we want to be aware when we're prompted to be aware and then in our lives in our client work, um, the number that, I don't know who came up with this, so I, I think it was in my training, um, the best we can hope for is to be aware 30% of the time. So that's 30% of the time being fully present in our lives. That doesn't feel like a lot, right? But for most of us, we are nowhere near that level of embodiment because our system naturally finds it overwhelming. And that is where becoming friends with the body comes in. So in order to cultivate our somatic awareness, we have to befriend the body. And that means building our capacity and our ability to sense and feel and notice. And this is where practices like body-based mindfulness, yoga nidra come in. I've been sharing yoga nidra as a foundational practice for some of my clients for years. It's a scanning meditation of the body where you bring the light of your awareness, your feeling attention around your body. And in this practice, as best you can, you, you welcome in everything you experience. That could even be numbness. And repetition by repetition, you build up your capacity to sense and feel. Like I said, this can be very challenging for many people. And this is why 
and I can't stress this enough, working with a skilled somatic work practitioner is often essential because they are there to help you connect to some level of safety and to titrate in ways that stretch your nervous system but don't overwhelm it so much that it shuts down. And it's quite difficult to do that by yourself in the beginning stages. Also, if they're doing their own work and they're regulating their nervous systems throughout the session, then your nervous system will be responding to the regulation of their nervous system. So this is, it's really important to remember that we are interdependent beings and yes, healing is your personal journey and you get to take complete ownership of that. However, it doesn't happen in isolation. We need each other to heal, point blank. And that's why working with someone who knows what they're doing is um, is key. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you find yourself overwhelmed often, if you find it difficult to feel what's going on in your body, um, if you find, if you tend to get really lost in story and meaning like all the time, and I have a lot of clients that do this initially with me, it's all about the story, all about the meaning. What does this mean? What does that mean? Maybe this, maybe that. It's probably a signal that you're bypassing what you're feeling and that there isn't that somatic awareness there yet. That means that you will benefit from going back to the basics. Even if you're a yoga teacher, even if you're a breathwork practitioner, even if you think you should have more awareness because you facilitate healing work, go back to basics. Allow yourself to go back to basics. Give yourself the grace to go back to the basics. Let yourself off the hook. Pop that ego to the side and go back to basics. Learning how to slow down and connect to the felt sense of your body. This is ongoing work that we all have to do as practitioners, really. And this brings us to somatic practices. So yoga nidra is just one example of somatic practice, but there are so many more. Conscious yoga, conscious movement, dance, and meditation. But there's also our day-to-day -day practice of being. So often when we think of practices, just as the ones as, you know, like just as the ones that we do on the mat or at the altar, we think of those as practices. But we are practicing all day, every day. Even the way that we reach for the salt across the dining table is an example of an embodied practice. I remember my teacher, Steve, over a decade ago explaining this to me, that there are thousands of ways that we could reach over and, and reach for it, um, such as reaching with left hand, right hand, both hands from above, from below. We could even do a back bend, <laughs> could you imagine? But most likely the movement that we make is pretty similar each time. This is a practice, a movement that is embodied. And this is because of motor habits, habitual ways of moving that we learn and adhere to. This is something that I wrote about in my PhD research years ago. And there's also, I guess, these neural habits as well, ways in which we think, ways in which we um, create meaning. And then there's the motor habits of the ways that we're acting, the ways that we're behaving, right? So my question again to you is, what are you practicing right now? What are you practicing day to day? 
And is it in coherence, in alignment with what you care about, what you desire for yourself, what you desire for others, and what you want for the world? So repetition of the new somatic practices is key. These practices of being is key. If you've done a practice three times and it isn't working for you, it's because you haven't done it long enough, right? So sometimes I hear this with clients, particularly at the beginning. It's like, I don't know if it's working or I feel a lot of resistance to this. Or they do the practice twice, don't do it anymore. And then they're like, yeah, this work isn't working. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. And that's part of the process. There's no shame here. Like this, the resistance is real. The resistance is like, I always say to my clients, bring the resistance to a session, right? Let's work with this resistance. Let's understand what it is. Let's feel it. Let's resolve it. Let's, you know, do whatever we need to do with it. 300 times creates muscle memory. 300 times. And 3,000 times creates embodiment. This is why with my clients, they are offered foundational practices and each client is offered a different one depending on um, where they are, what they wish to embody. And they're encouraged to keep coming back to these practices throughout our time together and beyond. Without practices, there can be no long lasting embodiment. And something I also wanna mention here is that long lasting sustainable change takes as long as it takes. No one wants to hear this, but it takes as long as it takes. And it's true. You know, there's usually an arc that I've noticed now. I mean, I've worked with hundreds of clients and there's usually an arc that they go through. They might experience some quick wins, some quick relief in the beginning. Oh, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, I feel really different. And then moving on like they hit the 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 resistance the challenging stuff the nothing's really working or there's like a stagnation or maybe all the shit comes up (laughs) um and sometimes they'll feel like this isn't working i'm not feeling the benefit of this and i'm like yes that is a good sign it means you're moving through um when they stay with the process and they stay with the practices and they stay with working with me and noticing and that's when the massive shifts happen right and i'm really fortunate because the majority of my clients they don't they're not there for quick fixes they're not there for like quantum leaps or whatever bullshit it is so it makes it a lot easier to nurture them into wholeness over time that's not the same as codependency where you know i i've had clients who've come to me and they've been in relationships with their therapist for years and I don't work that way either I don't want my clients to be working with me for years and years and years and years unless it's like absolutely necessary but yeah a good chunk of time three months six months a year to fully support them in this process of giving birth to themselves and moving from one way of being and embodiment to another that's fucking magic and often that's necessary So awareness and practices alone aren't enough. There are somatic imprints that can get in the way of a desired way of being. I've spoken about these on the podcast before. You can think of these as conditioning, 
pockets of conditioning, trauma, ancestral baggage, legacy burdens. But essentially, these are parts of you that are not really the real you. They were formed to protect you, or they were given to you or passed on to you by your culture or your family or your ancestors. The real you is what's underneath. And that's what somatic resolution eventually helps you get into contact with. So these imprints, you can think of them as unfinished business, stuck in the soma, waiting to complete. They're frozen in time. Instincts and impulses that were halted, thwarted, stopped, and they are hooked into certain ways of being that are activated, that can be activated at any time the nervous system perceives a similar situation or in particular a similar threat and perceived is a key word here. Imprints cause or at the very least contribute to certain automatic behavioral or emotional responses. And we will always know that it's an imprint at play because instead of consciously responding, we'll find ourselves quickly reacting to events and circumstances and people in ways that are not in coherence with what we care about or what we want. So to resolve imprints, you need to give yourself space to be with them and metabolize them. Now, it is entirely possible to do some of this work by yourself once you've built up the skills to do so, right? But to begin with, I keep saying this, I always recommend working with a practitioner. So I already gave a few reasons earlier. The first is that the practitioner's nervous system will or should, if they're doing their own inner work, lend itself to your healing. Now this isn't the same as like calibrate to my energy or that bullshit you see online, but whether you're in person or on Zoom, the coherence of the practitioner's nervous system provides a very strong foundation to healing work. And as a client, feeling safe is really the key to doing deep inner healing work and being invited to safety by someone who is connected to their own sense of safety is deeply transformative. It can really help us to metabolize stuck imprints more effectively at the beginning of our somatic journey or can help us to metabolize things that feel particularly stuck. So this is why as practitioners, it's really important for us to regulate ourselves during a session and continue to do our, other, our, our own work with practitioners as well. And also the second thing is, you know, you deserve to have space held for us, for, for you. We deserve to have space held for us. And when it comes to self-neglect and building our muscle to receive, we... We can only really do that by giving ourselves permission to receive. And sometimes working with somatic practitioners is, is really one of the only ways to build that muscle in a safe way. Or at least that's my thought. Oh, so there's been a lot here. So maybe just taking a deep breath or just noticing like what does your body need right now maybe you need to pause go to the toilet maybe you need to get up and dance and wiggle and stretch deep breaths food drink maybe you're cold 
or you're too hot. So just giving yourself this moment to look after your needs right now. And now I briefly want to talk about the power of ritual and having collective spaces and practices where we can together process undigested material. So when I was an archeologist, many years ago, I also studied anthropology and I learned a lot about ritual. All cultures, all societies have rituals. These are communal ways of alchemizing and transitioning, marking and encouraging rites of passage. As archeologists, if we found anything in context that we didn't understand, we had a phrase. If in doubt, it's ritual. And it was a bit of a joke, um, but actually what it was pointing to was that ritual is embedded within all societies of the past and all modern societies as well. And that rituals don't necessarily have to make like cognitive sense. There is, rituals are embodied methodologies really um i think in our globalized capitalist society i personally think that although we do have rituals we have funerals we have weddings we have hen parties sorry bachelorette parties if you're in the us uh christmas they're not always really conscious and i don't think we have nearly enough of them as we actually need to support ourselves Rituals, when done with intention, can heal unresolved personal and collective trauma. And when done collectively, this metabolism is amplified, right? Because we collectively lend our energy to the digesting process. You can do a ritual by yourself, no worries, it will be powerful. But if you do it in community, it's amplified. In community, everything is amplified, always. Now ritual, personal and communal has placed, yeah, has been a, has played a big part in my life in the past, oh God, since I was 15. That's when I first started engaging in ritual. I was 15, so 19 years ago, I've been doing witchy style ritual. And I was recently in my coach, Rachel Maddox's CEO coven and um part of that was intentional rituals um and we did them regularly as a community and to have community rituals as part of your life design it's a very transformative gift and so as part of the flourish and thrive coven we will have monthly rituals or as like i like to call them priestess ceremonies with um you know just like we did in if you were there in the limitless academy or the thrive membership or you've been in some of my workshops where we do group rituals um except this time it's going to be the coven is a smaller and more intimate group and i actually do think that that lends even more to the potency of the ritual because when you're when you really allow yourself to be seen as you go through these types of ceremony i think that's where a lot more potent healing occurs so that's my thoughts on ritual and i may do another episode on ritual 
um, maybe in a few months because I think ritual is actually really, really important and it's not spoken about enough. Okay, so that's the end of this episode where I've heart riffed on the inner work that actually works and I explain the concept of embodiment and the key areas to focus on which is somatic awareness, somatic resolution and somatic practices. And as I finish this, um, as, as this podcast like finishes and comes to a close, I have an invitation for you. I invite you to allow this, what I've shared in this episode, to become more than just concepts that you know intellectually. Like what I've done is I've shared the path for you right now. And I invite you to live it. I invite you to embody it. I invite you to live it. I invite you to come and live and breathe this way with me so that you can heal these old patterns. Not just think about healing them or conceptually knowing how to do it, but like living it. So that you can access your deepest authentic medicine and so that you can thrive. And I invite you to do this personally with me and a small group of others in the Flourish and Thrive Coven. So just giving a little bit more information about the Flourish and Thrive Coven. It is an investment of your time, your energy and your money, of course. But the financial investment is, I think, a very fair exchange. It's based on what my financial needs are as a practitioner, what will allow me to keep the group small, potent and what will allow me to have huge bandwidth for you so that you feel seen so that you feel more held. So like I said, you can check out um, the coven at drsarahcoxon.com forward slash coven, or you can click the link in the show notes to learn more and you can access the application form. So the next next episodes of this three-part series are where I heart riff on business and life strategy that actually works. And there's also part three, which is an episode explaining exactly how I work with clients, why I work with them the way I do, why it works, and also more about the coven. So more details about the coven. And that will drop next week. So before we end, if you've loved this episode, then one of the best things that you can do to support me is to either send me a message that says, hey, I really fucking love this. Um, That really, really, keep spurring me on and another way is to share it to share it with friends that you think might need to listen to it to share it on your social media and you can tag me so that I can say thank you Um, that's yeah that's how you can support me thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next week Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rise Priestess podcast. And I'd love to invite you to consider perhaps sharing this episode on your social media stories to spread the word. There is way more goodness where this came from. If you'd like to go deeper with my work and receive free exclusive monthly inspiration, contemplations and practices that I don't share anywhere else, then you can sign up for the Regenerate newsletter by heading over to drsarahcoxon.com and following the link. See you over there and thanks for tuning in.